Welcome back to Between Sessions. I'm Ebony. And I'm Elisa Bokeen. And we are two brown chicks changing the face of therapy on both, both sides, sides of, of the, the couch. couch. That's us. That is us. Welcome mm-hmm. back. Um, we skipped a week, but we are back because last week had a lot going on, Ooh. including us being finalists for the BBVA pitch contest. Where we could possibly win ten thousand dollars. Ten thousand. If you haven't seen anything, I don't know how you missed it because we've been trying to flood everything. <laughs> spamming everybody. Houston Dynamo is having this yes. contest. It's the third year they're doing it. The third year, yes. And so we are one of the four finalists and we need everybody to vote for us. So that is if you go anywhere on Melanin Mental page in the groups. On my page, on Elisa's page, it's on this there. page. Yes. <laughs> so they're having this contest, and how this will help everyone is, you know, we we have a video saying what we would do with the money if we mm-hmm. win it. Um, but really, it's gonna allow for us to bring more uh, mental health awareness to our communities, which mm-hmm. is what you know we're committed we're to about. doing. Mm-hmm. Um, we are um, gonna have more community events and um, scholarship programs. So. You know, we talk a lot about give, getting more access to our communities to therapy. So this this would just be such an awesome jumping point for us to really take melanin and mental health to the next level right. to be able to help our communities in a different way, in a more, um, in, a, in a, what is the word I'm looking for? Just in a more, we're going to be able to do more. Right. Do just, more stuff. <laughs> it gives us a lot more options of how we can help. Yes. If we have those funds to be able to implement some of the programs that we have going on, including scholarship funds, um, including uh, the corporate trainings of cultural competency. Yes, we want to be able to, to, you know, there's so, you see it every day. I mean, I don't think there's a week where someone is not dropping the ball. Right. With cultural competency. Some brand, some company. Somewhere. And so we want to be able to help corporations, um, not just from, you know, training them on, you know, competency level, but giving them the insight that we have as mental health professionals on how to address issues around race where um, they're doing it in a competent way, but that Mm -hmm. they feel confident in how they're addressing it. So that's something we would do with it. Um, Like I said, um, setting up some scholarship funds for people to be able to get some uh, reduced fee or free therapy. Some therapy to be able to, so we can help people that don't have access because we're doing a good job. Well, I'll pat myself on <laughs> ourselves on the back. We're working really hard to reduce that stigma, mm-hmm. um, but we still don't want to have other barriers that are stopping people from going to therapy right. like money or access or whatever. So we want to make sure that we try to help with that as well as helping people get trained to become therapists, right. trying to encourage people to, uh, become mental health professionals, whether that's through mentoring, um, teaching more about business skills that we don't mm-hmm. learn in school, that type of stuff. Um, you know, our field, one of the big criticisms that um, we hear a lot and would hear in grad school, it's like, oh, you can't be, you know, if you're going to be a therapist, you, you're going to be poor. Right. right. <laughs> like, there's no money in that You got to get a master's field. degree, pay all the extra money, but just know you're going to yes. be poor. Yeah. <laughs> and we want, and, 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 and I think a big part of that, I mean, there's no research to back this. This is just conversations we right. had, but I think a big part of that is because in grad school, we don't get a lot of training around the business, business aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think even within the field, you'll hear other clinicians talk about it. Like there's this, um, 
like aversion to even talking about it as a business, mm-hmm. you know, but the reality is we want to be able to, to help our communities. And in order for that to do that, we can't be starving. <laughs> right, right. We have to be able to pay our bills and things like that. So you know, teaching those business skills the business to help skills. you. And to make it in a way, because sometimes we have that conflict, to make it in a way where you are able to make money and provide it and make the type of money that you want to make, but also feel like you are helping the community. Because you can do both. You can We're do of both. that mindset that yes. you can do both. Yes. And that's what we want to be able to do. And even if you don't plan on going into entrepreneurship, like how to make you more of an asset, you know, like to working um, somewhere else. Because not everybody wants to be an entrepreneur. Um, right. But we want to have more people in our field in different areas. Mm-hmm. Right. Because maybe you're not a therapist, but you're somewhere in the field. Right. You know? Right. Um, plus, we want to be able to have more community events. Yes. You know, having the community come out and be more involved. Yeah. And, and understand who therapists are, what mental health is all about. Um, how it can help you even if you don't have a diagnosis or something like right. that. Um, and even if you do, resources and things like that. So so those are the four main areas we're working on and we, we're excited. So please, I just put the link in the... Um, in the live yes. and if you are nope if you're listening to the podcast it's too late <laughs> if you're listening it's too late I but you voted right <laughs> go check back see if we yes. won and we'll we'll right make sure now, we post everywhere <laughs> yes because right now you can still vote every day even if you already voted you can vote again every day on every device every device i vote on five devices a day mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's so cute because i it's so it's so cute because we have so many people who are so wonderful and they're so supportive of us and they want us to win they want we all want to win because if we win y'all y'all win, win right Um, But they're so cute because they're like, hey, are you on this site? Because some of your competitors, they're on there soliciting votes and stuff. So they're like, but we're voting for you, you know. Even had somebody reached out because... We didn't even know her. And right. She, she was supposed to be voting for somebody else. Yeah. Somebody was soliciting and she's like, but we, I saw you, what y'all are about. And I'm voting for y'all. It's like, so we yeah. love it. We love we the really love around it, the support. It. And yes. hopefully we'll have some good news for y'all on Friday. 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 Yeah. Friday is when we find, we don't know if we get to announce it on Friday. It might be not Ooh, until the following day. Yeah. Oh, that's going to be hard to hold in <laughs> if we win. <laughs> It's going to be hard. We got some secret messages on the uh, social media to let y'all know. Yeah, link twice. <laughs> right. <laughs> Somebody won. Yeah. We don't know who yet. Yeah. But thank yeah. you guys so much. So we'll get into the show today. We're yes. not going to try to solicit. We probably go mention it at the end just to make yes. sure y'all vote. But you know. Um, well, we've got a lot of stuff coming up this week, it's too. It's so much happening. Oh, my goodness. So the Sunday. other big thing is this Sunday, which is why we're talking about what we're going to talk about today. Right. Um. If you follow us, you have to have seen this also. <laughs> um, Sunday, we are having an online town hall discussion. Yes, yes, yes. And it's called Changing the Face of Therapy. And we have an epic panel mm-hmm. of clinicians um, who are going to be talking about um, how we change the face of therapy. You right. Know? Um, let me pull up everybody's names because I don't want to... Miss like, anybody? Ooh, it's gonna be so good. <laughs> we we we've tried to reach out to people that were already doing work in minority mental health, um, making sure that they're trying to make changes when it comes to our communities. And those are people that we reached out to to be a part of this panel to have this discussion on where we're going when it comes to minority mental health. Yes, and so if you look um, on all our social media, so we have uh, Dr. Joy of Therapy for Black Girls. Mm-hmm. 
if you're in mental health, you know who doctor right, right, right. <laughs> and if you're not, you probably heard a therapy yeah. for black girls. Yes, yeah. yes, she's one of our panelists. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Rashawn Miller of You Stress Inc., who's also doing amazing things. Wrote a book. Mm-hmm. Um, received the APA award this year mm-hmm. for the work he's doing in mm-hmm. minority mental health. Um, we have Dr. Jess O'Reilly um, from Sex with Dr. Jess, who is an international speaker, mm-hmm. um, who is, she's so dope. Like I started she's following, support, she's yeah. been so supportive. Yeah. Um, again, she's an international speaker, a sexologist. She's going to be giving her input, which is going to be cool because mm-hmm. she's Canadian. Right. <laughs> so it's going to be really cool to get her impact, you know, like this international insight. Right, all right. Um, we have Dr. Earl Turner from H-Town, who's a professor here, but has also done a lot of work um, on educating people on cultural competency. He's regularly featured here locally on the news. Um, he was on one of our earlier episodes. Yeah, that about was a really popular Minority episode. men in mental health. It yes. was a really good episode. Uh, we have Dr. Manuel, um, who is of the Institute of Chicano Psychology, who's out in Austin, and who is regularly doing speaking engagements and workshops mm-hmm. on how to work with Latinx communities, how to work with um, minority communities. And then Dr. Nick Coleman, who is a professor yes. here at U of H, um, also teaches sexual health. Um, I'm just overwhelmed. Book. Like, just, yeah, I'm just a lot going on, and it's going to be amazing. It's going to be really, really good. Um, the conversation is already like we we have so many things we want to pack into it, and we're not going to be able to. So we know it's going to be have to be a part two, part three, something like that. But <laughs> it's going to be very good, and we want to know what you guys want to know as well. What do you think we need to do to change the face of therapy? What questions do you have for our panelists? So make sure to put that in uh, on our social media. Send us an email at info at Melanin Mental Health. If you have any questions that you would like to ask the panelists. Um, but just make sure you check it out. It's Sunday. It's online. Sit on your couch. Have a drink. Clean up. Whatever you need to do while you're watching. But check it out. Um, it's going to be a really good discussion. Yeah, you it's don't want to be, be left out of the yeah, discussion. Yeah, it's going to so be just, so good. Uh, make sure you secure your spot. And we have that. We'll have that link on there also. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. All right. So. Today's topic, Ooh, where, like we said, it's kind of a precursor <laughs> for... Oh, wait. One more thing. We're, we're just going to skip the announcements at the end. Mm. Tomorrow is the last day to do the mental health uh, code for the... Oh, the yes. If you want your... Which we're not wearing today. No. But, you but know, we have all those shirts it. we wear every single time. The therapy is dope. So, yes. sexy, melanated therapist. We have... I don't know if y'all are aware. We also have caps and mugs, mugs. pillows, totes. Um, and we rarely have sales. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is, this is new for us. I so. think this is one of our first But it's been going good. It's been going yes. good. So we got one more day, uh, ends on the 31st. It was for Mental Health Month, Mental Health Awareness Month. And so we did, um, percentage off if you use the code mental health. Mm-hmm. So check it out. We might be having some other things next month for, uh. Oh yeah. We got some, we got some fun stuff. LGBT. Yes. So check it out. See, we, we, we're trying to keep things. Fresh and fun, yes. and, and it's exciting. So. Lots of stuff that yeah. we have planned for y'all. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we're going to go to the topic now. <laughs> All right, so we're going to start with, like, the basics of cultural competency and, and just why is it needed. Um, and so what is, I guess, your definition, I'll, I'll do, like, an official definition, but what is, like, your definition of cultural competency? Or, like, how do you know if somebody's culturally competent? Mm, how do you know if someone's culturally competent? You know, it's... 
I think for me, it's someone who continuously questions, am I culturally competent, right? Because right. right. um, I, I think all of us, not just... Um, not just white clinicians have to be culturally right. competent. Like we all have to be aware of what our biases are and we all have biases. That's mm-hmm. just part of being human. Um, but how comfortable are we with taking other people's culture into consideration as it pertains to whatever it is that they may be coming to therapy for. Right. Right. And so am I quick to pathologize something um, before i find out, you know, rather with whether I ask the cl- um, ask the client, mm-hmm. you know, like how it might relate to their cultural beliefs or spiritual beliefs, or do I do my own work to get some supervision, mm-hmm. um, to read some of the, some of the research or literature about right. what, what it might be like, right. um, for whatever my client is coming in with and how it might relate to how, um, they're able to work through maybe mm-hmm. what it is they're coming to therapy for. Right. Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, no, no, definitely. I think you made a really good point with the the curiosity. And, and I would add to that understanding your own privilege. Mm-hmm. No matter what culture or what they have going on um, in their personal life or whatever culture they subscribe, subscribe to. Is that the word? Uh, no, they don't subscribe, subscribe. to the culture. Not to the culture. Well, I'm thinking, like, not. I'm not saying like you choose it, but like whatever you fit into, I guess. Because Mm -hmm, even I'm thinking about like um, outside of just ethnicity and race, Mm -hmm. um, you know, ableism or things like that. Like there are other other ones that you may fit into. I'll say fit into um, that as a person who's able-bodied, I might not understand the struggles of someone that's disabled. Right. Um, parents of kids that have special needs right i may not get with the struggles they have and so sometimes we bring our own experiences into that right and so being culturally competent is being aware of there are certain things that i just don't have experiences right. with and then i'm choosing to learn more am i checking my privilege right 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 am i so, checking my privilege and how um how maybe my client doesn't have those same privileges mm-hmm. and how that's contributing to where they're at in life right now. Right. Cause you can't always, you can't solve every problem the way, or not even solve cause that's not our job, but guide them or help them see the problem the way that you see it. You have to try to see it from their perspective and understand it from them, from what they're saying they're going through. Yes. I, and, and maybe an example would help. Mm-hmm. Cause I remember um, very early on when I first started doing therapy, um, trying to work through my own family of origin stuff. And I'm like, I've said this before, I'm a 42 plus year old woman, but it's like, oh, what's my mom going to say? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Because as Latinos, like we're, we're very, like our families are very much a part of our decision. Right, right, right. And I loved my therapist. I, you know, I loved my therapist at the time. She was great, but I don't know if she fully understood that aspect. That's mm-hmm. like, well, you don't have to, you know, like you, you Kind of like, you know, you don't owe your parents right. that, you know? And right. it was like, mm, I don't know if you get it. Right. <laughs> Maybe you don't. <laughs> you don't know my parents sacrificed yeah. for me to get to the place yeah. I'm at right now. And not just that, but the hold that they have on you. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, the hold they have on you. And so I didn't feel like she fully understood right. that part because it was kind of like, well, no, like you're an adult and you don't owe that. Which, yes. It's true. It's true. But you have to try to see where that person's coming why, from yes. and why they're struggling with that and understanding their truth. Right. Of, of what's happening in their, their life. And um, why it's so difficult for me for, to maybe 
why it was so difficult to set boundaries with my family, mm-hmm. even though I was an adult woman. Right. At that time, I was like in my 30s. Mm-hmm. It's like, with, you, you know, you're grown. <laughs> right, right. And it's easy to say, like, just set a boundary. And yeah. it's like, well, what is the struggle behind that? Why? Yeah. You know, like, so there's like years and years and years of lineage of a mm-hmm. message that like, no, right. you don't break off from your family. Right. Like, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. That Definitely. would be an example. So why is it so important? Like, this is something obviously that we're passionate about that we want to make sure that anybody that's going to therapy doesn't experience anything that would cause more trauma to them. Right. Um, but why? Why? Well, I think I just say because it could cause trauma. It could <laughs> cause trauma. Well, and then as a clinician, what you may see the client um, as maybe not wanting to change, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. oh, they're not really interested in change. And so maybe it's not that. It's just, again, it's sometimes it's not a matter of just what's happening right now in their life. If it's culture, again, these are like messages Mm -hmm. of years and years Mm -hmm. and years, especially like when you're um, one of the first ones to maybe break away from those cultural messages. Right. And, and being able to empathize and, and, attempt to understand where they're coming from because that's the whole one of the main reasons to come to therapy right is to feel understood to have someone that you can kind of talk to about these things in a way where they're not bringing their own opinion in and they're not necessarily telling you what you should or shouldn't be doing and so if I'm trying to I want that understanding and so it's important that the person I talk to has that because they if the focus is about me then we have to accept all of me right you can't just say like well that does that part is not that important right which is what some people experience right and 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 because so much of therapy is meeting the client where they're at and so in order to be able to meet them where they're at you have to understand what got them here right you know this is where i'm at because of all of these factors and our culture you know our race our ethnicity all of that it's it's you can't separate it you can't say well i don't see color right please don't say please don't say that (laughs) cultural competency one we like our color we want you to see See the color (laughs) understand the color understand that the color is there and that it affects it it Mm -hmm. it affects us or your clients or whatever um not seeing color has never helped anyone right it doesn't help not I, i don't see color like well then you don't see me fully Right. For who I am. Right. Is it the only thing that defines me? Of course not. Right. But I need you to see it, and it's just a matter of just don't hold it against me. Right. Right? Right. Like, you can see my color. Don't then pathologize me as a result of my color. And understand that a lot of times we, depending on where you work or the life that you live, sometimes we're not allowed to explain to see color quote unquote you know we can't express ourselves in a certain way because of whatever life we have so if i come to therapy then that's the one thing i want you know not the one thing but if i want you to see all of me i want you to see all of me yeah and so accepting everything including cultural issues or or biases or whatever the case Mm -hmm. like just understanding what's happening all around and not just everything except that Right. For it, I mean, because, and we talk about it all the time, in order for the way that we do therapy is we want our clients to get what they need 
out of therapy. Like I say that to clients all the time. Like this is your session. Mm -hmm. Like I want you to, I want you to feel like, Hey, I'm getting what I need out of my sessions. Right. In order for me to be able to do that, I have to bring all of me. Right. I have to be able to show you all of me that it may take a while for me to get there, but, um, culture should not be one of the first things that blocks me because maybe I'm coming in with some stuff that Mm -hmm. I've never been able to share before. Mm -hmm. But if I can't even get past you seeing me, you know, as being a Latina who's first generation, Mm -hmm. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, then how can I then go into the deeper stuff? Right. Right. Um, That's, I think that's a good point of, we just have to get past. It's not like that needs to be the focus. Nobody's expecting that to be the focus, but just you have to understand that it is there. And don't exclude it. <laughs> and it doesn't don't, have to be exactly. the focus, focus, but don't exclude it. Don't exclude it. it. Right, mm-hmm. right. Um, so how do you know if a therapist is culturally competent? Like if you, and, and, and well, let me start here. For someone who's going to therapy, let's say I, I'm, I've never been to therapy, or maybe I have, but I've never went to a non-minority therapist, right? Mm-hmm. Or it doesn't even matter. I'm going to therapy mm-hmm. and I'm in session and nothing is causing issues or nothing is triggering me. When does it become important? Like how important is it that I make sure that my therapist is culturally competent? And then how do I make that decision on whether or not they are? Or how do I figure out, I guess? You know, I think the first part is for clients to even understand that you deserve mm-hmm. to have someone who's culturally competent mm-hmm. because we hear that a lot. Um, you know, just even in our social media feeds of, well, I, I don't want to go to somebody that doesn't look like me because they're not going to get me. They're not going right. to understand me. Or I would go if I knew that there was going to be a therapist that looked like me. Mm-hmm. Um, so, one, not everybody understands that you should be able to have mm-hmm. a therapist who's culturally competent. Mm-hmm. Um, how do I know that they're culturally competent? I think it's quicker to understand when they're not right Right. (laughs) you know what I mean right I think um a good sign would be um if they can talk about culture in a way where like if they could just even talk about it Mm -hmm. like if the topic of race or the topic of culture some somehow comes in and that may not look like oh well let's talk about you being a Latina like Mm -hmm. it's not gonna come up like that but Mm -hmm. maybe it comes up with when I'm telling you I'm here because I'm a 30 plus year old woman and I'm still stressed about what my mom's going to say. Oh, well, well, how is that like for you? You know, you're Mexican. So how does that play out? That would be an Mm -hmm. example of, okay, they're not afraid to at minimum ask me. Right. Or be curious. Right. Or let me make sure I understand that fully. So what was, what was it like for you in your family growing up or even now to break away from your parents as an adult? Mm Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, definitely. I think, and and the word that keeps coming up is curiosity. Mm -hmm. And I think that works even if you do have a minority therapist, because you don't, you also aren't, you shouldn't assume that someone has had the same experiences as you, Mm -hmm. you know? So yes, maybe you understand something because you are a minority as well. So you've had certain experiences, but it's also important to have those conversations of, okay, so I know typically this is something that might happen. Is that what happened in your household? Mm -hmm. I understand that in, in, minority cultures or in black culture like Mm -hmm. whoopings are okay but then Mm -hmm. some people struggle with that like let's talk about you know like some of those conversations is more about you getting to know the 
client's perspective. And so if your therapist is curious, if, if your therapist is asking questions, um, if your therapist is not afraid to bring it up, then right. that's a good sign. It's not about being up on hip hop culture. It's not about <laughs> seeing Black Panther. Like that's all great and good and understand that Black Panther was a huge yeah. thing to Black, but it's not about that. Like it's, it's not about can you recite whatever. Like yeah. it's more about are you curious to know more about me and my culture and understand how it impacts me in everyday life? Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's kind of like, you know, as marriage and family therapists, we're trained in a mm-hmm. way where we'll ask questions about your family. Like we, we, um, we know we're going to take that into consideration and we, and we will also like who else was in your life and, you know, be it extended family members or teachers or what have you, we're looking at that. So we're just saying also including our culture um, as part of that curiosity and how right. this plays into the client. And I think, you know, to be fair, as therapists, we're human. Right, definitely. Like, we're human. And just to give you some insight about when we're trained, it's not like we're trained in a way where we're not engineers, we're not accountants to where there's like, if this, then that. Right, like, right. <laughs> right, right. Like there's, there, that's one plus one is. does not always equal two. Right, like not in therapy. Yeah. And I always remember that would drive some of my, my, you know, the cohort, you know, that I was in, our co- my colleagues, it would drive them nuts because a lot of these questions, well, what happens when a client, da, 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 da. And the question, the answer I remember they would always say is like, it depends. Right. Right. Like right. it depends. So therapists, we're human. We're human and, you know, we're going to do our best, but there may be a point where maybe you drop the ball. Like you mm-hmm. think you're doing the right thing and you think you're saying the right yeah. thing. You think you're asking the right <laughs> question and then you're like, oh, shit. I missed it. Oh, yeah. Did I just say that? Yeah. You know, um, that may happen, but it's how your therapist then tries to address their mix up or like, yeah. oh, I didn't mean it like that. Right. You know, it's a process. Therapy is a process. Right. And I, I always say like therapy sometimes is the first healthy relationship you have. It's supposed to be. Let me say that. Not the first one, but it might be one of the healthy, healthy relationships you have. And so sometimes that means the therapist coming back and saying, hey, I made a mistake. I did this wrong. Da, da, da. You know, like we're not one up or but well. Depending on your theory, but we're not. <laughs> we don't subscribe we're to not, theory. We're not one no. up. We're 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 equal. We're the same. Excuse me, the same. So if I mess up and I forget we have an appointment, I'm gonna hold myself to the same standards that I hold you to when you miss an appointment right, right. because I needed to be understood that we're both responsible for this relationship. Right. If I say something that could have been misconstrued, if I say something that may have caused you to feel some type of way, and I noticed it, I'm going to bring it up so we can resolve it and move forward. As you do in a healthy relationship. And so um, I think one thing, which is why it's, it's never been about not having white therapists work with minority right. clients. Right. It's about having a healthy relationship with white therapists. If you, if you have a right. therapist that happens to be white mm-hmm. um, and, and that person also understanding that they can do damage just like anybody else can. And how do you address that? So if I'm struggling with something I saw on the news and I bring it up right. and then you kind of dismiss it, are you going to, after you realize like, Whoa, that wasn't okay. I probably should have given them more time mm-hmm. on that. Are you going to come back and address it and let me know that mm-hmm. you made a mistake? You know, mm-hmm. that's really what it's about. Like that, that accountability. Yes. 
Because we don't get that a lot in media. <laughs> well, I love what you said that it's it's a really I like and I always tell people I like to think of this as a lab. Mm-hmm. Right. Like so the relationship lab. Right. Where we are going to practice having this healthy right. relationship. And what happens with that is that it's not going to be perfect. Right. Your relationship's not going to be perfect always. Um, or your rather the therapist is not going to be perfect. Right. So just remembering that, but how then you can begin to practice, you know, for example, if you struggle speaking your truth, this is where you get to do that. Mm -hmm. And the cool thing about it is you can't really mess it up. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, so if you're going to practice that anywhere, have it be with your therapist. Right. Um, If you have some sort of misunderstanding, this is where we practice working that out mm-hmm. so that you can do this outside, outside. Yep. of the therapy. I, I, every time I watch these, I, I realize how much I talk <laughs> with my hands. So I'm trying to be more conscious fine. of that. That is fine. <laughs> they understand. <laughs> so I want to talk quickly about why we chose to do this town hall that's coming up on Sunday. Yes. So what was the reason for having a discussion with other mental health professionals about the direction of mental health in minority communities. Like, how can we not have this discussion, especially right now? Right. You know, how can we not have this discussion? You know, what we do over here at Melanin in Mental Health, you know, what started off as, hey, like, let's let everybody know that therapy is dope and let's spread mental health awareness. Okay, more of you all are hearing that. Now we're hearing what you all have to say mm-hmm. about, mm-hmm. yeah, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What about this? Right. So how could we not have that discussion? Mm-hmm. Um, and then everything that you're seeing, just, just everything that's happening in our world right now, how can we not, as, as people who are in this field, dealing with the aftermath of some of these traumatic right. events? Right, 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 right. How could we not have this discussion? Yeah. And I, and I think your point about like our goal is to reduce the stigma. Our goal is to start these conversations. And so then now that we have more and, and it's so much great work being done in mental health Absolutely. when it comes to minorities and so many more people are seeking that help. So then it's kind of like, OK, what now? Mm-hmm. You know, because at this point, are there enough minority mental health professionals? Probably not. No. At this point. What happens if I have, I go to a therapist and they aren't culturally competent or I experience some type of trauma? How do I deal with that? You know, how do I find a therapist or how do you know you determine who you're going to refer to if there's no one that can take their insurance that um, works with whatever issues they're having? That's mm-hmm. a minority. Right. How do you determine which non minority clinicians are you going to refer to you know those are the conversations that we're trying to have because we want to make sure that we always have the resources available and that we're best serving the community right because that's that's really what it's all about is best serving the communities that need the help and and really giving our communities access first and foremost to the information right right Right. and and i think you know our you know our filter is skewed in that we're in this field so we see all these amazing things being done Mm -hmm. but that's because we live and breathe this stuff right you know because i'm always amazed when i'll someone will tag us like on somebody else's thread like well yeah there are no black therapists or oh there are no brown therapists like yeah there is (laughs) all these people yes but that's just a reminder that 
not everyone has access to this information that these things are being done right that that we have people in our field you know like dr joy like rashawn like dr turner mm-hmm. dr nikki manuel uh mm-hmm. dr jess that are doing that are really these forces in the field trying to change right how our communities see mental health and how the field sees our communities mm-hmm. and 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 doing more things within our own communities to give our communities access to a different type right of treatment right and that, that's the goal that's the goal is to to make sure that they understand what's available have the information and then also to encourage maybe there are a lot of therapists or mental health professionals that aren't even in private practice so Mm -hmm. you know how do they make sure that they're able to serve those communities and help as well um and and what are those resources that are out there so it's it's gonna be good i think it's gonna be oh it's gonna be so good people are like you need to take this on the road i'm like yeah we do (laughs) (laughs) yes we're we're gonna you know we always have a million ideas because we want to make sure we do as much as we can in the time that we have here. Mm-hmm. So um, so I think that's it for this yes. time. It's going to go so much deeper on Sunday. So make sure that you um, RSVP. I'm going to add the link once we're done into the comments on here. Um, as well as something else that just crossed my mind. Oh, I'm also going to add the link. If you're interested in submitting some work for Melanin Mental Health for the website, we are taking submissions for articles, um, blogs, it can be as a mental health professional. It could be from someone who's going through mental health issues, mm-hmm. your experiences in therapy, anything like that. Um, feel free to submit and we will review it and see if it's a good fit for our website. Uh, we want to make sure that we're telling your stories on the website as, long, as well as giving resources and information from professionals. So um, I'll put that link in the comments as well. And if you're listening on the actual podcast, I'll put all of this information in the um, show notes. Yes. And so. remember... The first thing that you can do, yes, the first thing you can do to help change change the therapy is vote, share, vote from every device, help our communities get this 10K so that we can really, really begin to change the face of therapy on a different level. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you guys so much for always supporting us, and we'll see you next week. Ciao. Bye. Bye.